0: Like my girlfriend, for example, she'll say that music without vocals, like the stuff I play in the car, is like repetitive, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, like, oh. dude, I, I totally understand
1: you. I'll I'll show songs to my girlfriend and like I'll show her songs with vocals and they may still be rough drafts, but they have vocals and she'll like them more. I'll show her a track without vocals and she'll be like, it sounds kind of empty and a little, yeah, a little repetitive. Um, I'm not sure if I understand
0: Think about a piece of music that's had an impact on your life. A piece of music that you can remember. If you're like most people, this piece of music, this song has lyrics, it has vocals, it tells a story. Now you may not want to tell stories through your music, you may just want to make dance music and that's fine. But if you do want to tell stories through your music, then this interview is for you. It's with someone called Amity. Uh, He's a producer, singer, songwriter He started DJing when he was 12 uh, And then went to Icon Collective And he is all about storytelling through music And and being authentic And we talk about that at length Uh, A few other things we talk about Are producing and mixing uh, Vocals The benefits to going to Icon Collective And one of the drawbacks uh, Why people produce what's popular Comparing yourself to others the producer cycle as he calls it and how to deal with that his approach to layering and a bunch of other uh, cool production techniques it's a really good interview i hope you enjoy it Uh, if you do please go to edmprod.com slash itunes and leave a rating and review that is edmprod.com slash itunes if you want the full show notes for this episode including my takeaways you can visit edmprod.com slash 56 That is EDMprod.com slash 56. Without further ado, here is Amity. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers, those who've been producing for under 12 months, or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course. Many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com. Welcome back to the EDM Podcast today. I'm joined by Nolan Atkins, also known as Amity. Nolan, how's it going?
1: Very good. Uh, Yeah, just uh, having a good week so far. Just uh, getting ready for my new release uh, that's coming June 12th. Um, Just getting all the distribution all set up, which (laughs) is sometimes a pain, but uh, it's worth it. Got to send it all out to all those blogs. But
0: yeah, otherwise I'm I'm doing awesome. That's fantastic, man. And we're gonna talk about your your release that's coming out. Um but for those who don't know you, for those who haven't heard of you, um, who are you? What do you do and, and how did you get there? Give us the details. I'm a DJ producer um as well. I'm a singer.
1: I actually grew up um DJing and um my parents were actually djs and so I, I yeah i actually started djing when i was 12 years old just doing like house parties and stuff and it was, it's a little intimidating being 12 years old when everyone else at the parties is like 20 or 18 <laughs> <laughs> so they're kind of looking down on you um but through that i learned a lot of experience and um i um i actually didn't want to be a musician at first i was a a soccer player and I wanted to be a professional soccer player for a while and then music kind of just took over my life and totally switched from wanting to be a soccer player to to being a, my own producer and um, I've been doing musical theater all my life um, so I think that's kind of helped me with um, all of my music background and just like performance so whenever I'm on stage it's kind of It's actually just at home. That's what I feel like. Whenever I'm on stage, I just feels natural to me. Um, From that, uh, I've been producing for about seven years now. I started on FL Studio. Gotta love Fruity Loops. And then, nice man. (laughs) Now I uh, I went to Icon Collective um, because I wasn't really enjoying regular college, and I said screw this, and got my interview at Icon and got in and. Um, went straight to that and then I knew that they were teaching Ableton a logic and I kind of figured that I've dabbled in Ableton so I just jumped on that one and really fell in love with it I play piano I've been singing all my life um, and yeah I just kind of really like creating um, kind of just like storytelling songs that uh, just kind of deal with like life problems, you know, because I I feel like a lot of pop music nowadays and music that we hear on the radio is just, I don't know how it's like in New Zealand. Um, It's like the
0: US, man. It's the uh, same. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot of kind of like meaningless songs a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like there's kind of like a, there's kind of a loss in that in the world. Um, It's all about bangers and fire and litness (laughs) Uh, which don't get me wrong I love that stuff it's great to play out live but if I'm going through a hard time in my life like I lost a loved one or um, I'm going through a a struggling time I always want to be able to find a song that I can relate to and listen to to kind of help me through that uh, spot in that
0: in my life i feel like especially in the electronic music scene there's a lack of that uh like there's a lack of stories being told through music and there's one of your songs oh man i forgot the name this is bad of me as an interviewer but you you had (laughs) sung on it um oh uh don't let me go yes that's that one that man uh why two questions why do you think there is a lack of that like lack of storytelling through music because everybody has those um stories they can tell and is it hard like is it hard to open up and you know write a song about that
1: stuff it's truly putting your heart on your sleeve and It's the point nowadays is that it's scary to be authentic and real with people because if they don't like who you are or like your song, that's them not liking you. That because that's basically you I make a song from my inner self. And so it's scary because if I put that out and people are like "ew," like your story of the song or the meaning is just like, eh i'm like oh well (laughs) thanks uh but i don't know that's kind of the hardest part that i feel like people go through and um not a lot of people have the ability to sing on their own tracks so that's also another point so they're not really able to um tell a story through singing which is probably the easiest part um because i i know that some people just try and tell a story through tracks but honestly it's kind of hard um to do that unless it's like cinematic somehow
0: yeah 100 no, um so going back to you know you wanted to be a pro soccer player and then you transition to music was that a a quick transition because for me like i had a similar background you know i was into skateboarding big time like and then got interested in music production. And it was kind of like this slow, like over maybe two years, like skateboarding was here and then music production kind of like caught up and I was just doing music all the time. So was it like that or was it like, no, I'm going into music, like this is it? You know what? I think it was always kind of, like
1: music was always nagging on my shoulder, but I always just kind of threw it to the side because I always thought soccer was my thing. And um, I think it was around... um, when I was like fifteen or sixteen when it really started kinda of taking over. Um but I think it was kinda of like a, a journey of like three to four years when it like
0: started really like coming over on my life and kinda of taking all all control. So you also sing, you mentioned you also sing and you know, I yeah. listened to a cover that you did with uh Miss California. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Which was good. I liked it. Thank you. So uh, I like the song too. Um, how does singing, if it does, how does singing influence your production and vice versa? I have a very big
1: pop uh, R&B background. So I like vocals kind of leading the song, but as well, the song is complementing the vocals very well. So the song could last... On its own without vocals but it doesn't feel complete so I'm always leaving like empty space and kind of breath um, in the track so that the vocals can breathe and kind of carry its own um, so yeah you as you'll find with most of my tracks they're very kind of pop format so that can be intro verse hook drop and then back to the repeat
0: I think a lot of people struggle with uh, struggle with that actually, like making music that's, if they've never worked with vocals before, making music that's bare enough. Maybe that's not the right word, but not too complex. Um, yes. Because <laughs> I noticed that with myself, like I'd, I'd never worked with vocals and so I'd fill the track in with all the stuff <laughs> because it needed it. Uh, and then yeah. it came to like adding a vocal on top and it just wouldn't fit. Um, what are some of the other challenges... You face or you think other people face when it comes to producing with vocals and even mixing vocals
1: Yeah, that's the difficult part because you're kind of having to leave that open area to imagination and sometimes it's really hard Imagining a vocal there. So when you have this empty space and it doesn't feel complete You keep feeling the need to make it more complex and adding all these different things and so By the time you get the vocal it yeah, it doesn't fit um, so it's kind of, you need to just, uh, trust yourself and then, um, let the vocalists do their thing, kind of leave it kind of bare bones, chords, drums, kind of get the rhythm and the feel for the song, uh, get the vocals on there and you can always add stuff later. It's not like you record the vocals and you're stuck. Like you can always add like little plucks or little rhythm leads behind if you need to it's not (laughs) it's not set in stone once you get the vocals on there Um, for mixing again I come from a very uh, pop kind of style so I always like my vocals you can understand them Um, The enunciation is there Um, you can hear them no matter what I know a lot of people kind of like dropping the vocals kind of down lower into the song so that they kind of mesh well. But honestly, if you think about it, every time you hear a song, you always want to hear the vocals no, like no matter what. So if the vocals are like tucked in there, you're going to turn that song up until you hear them. But it's, now it's just so loud that you like, you can't even like really understand like any of the song. Um, I always kind of feel like it's a, it's like a cheat code to have vocals on the track because I feel like a lot of producers like. Um, they kind of don't take advantage of vocals nowadays, they just kind of have their their tracks and then they they finish them and they're good. Um, and like, yeah, I love tracks without vocals sometimes, but I feel like vocals can really capture anyone's attention like right away. So once you hear a song and you're like, oh, vocals, ooh, that's nice. Let's listen to more of this. It kind of tells you the story better. Um, I probably went off track on the mixing, but.
0: No, no, it makes sense, man. (laughs) I I think a lot of producers um, disregard vocals because it's more difficult to get a vocal on the track um, or it's more work, you know, but (laughs) I think, I think it appeals to a wider audience because. Mm -hmm. music without vocals it does appeal to quite a few people especially producers but like my girlfriend for example she'll say that music without vocals like the stuff i play in the car is like repetitive (laughs) you know
1: (laughs) no dude i
0: i totally understand you I'll i'll show songs to my
1: girlfriend and like i'll show her songs with vocals and they may still be rough drafts but they have vocals and she'll like them more i'll show her a track without vocals and she'll be like it sounds kind of empty and a little, yeah a little repetitive um i'm not sure if i understand I'm like yeah, just yeah. wait like it'll have vocals it'll sound cool
0: yeah, just yeah just wait until <laughs> the finished product <laughs> back to icon actually because i want to ask a question about icon okay. uh what what was the best thing about icon and what was the worst thing? Because a lot of people ask about I Can Collective. I get so many emails. I've never been there, so I don't know. The community was just amazing.
1: Just being able to be around like minded people constantly. That's like crazy huge because I never had that before. Going to college, I was kind of, I felt like the odd man out being the music producer. Everyone was studying for their jazz finals and band stuff and i'm (laughs) i'm like hey i'm right here with uh, all my producing stuff so having that community was huge and also just having a mentor each quarter that you can just go to and talk to and uh, you have your hour session with them every week and or her (laughs) um just talking with them, asking any questions. And I think the other awesome thing about it is that all the teachers there and instructors, none of them are people who wanted to be big in the industry and just fell back on teaching. They're actually people who were in, who are in the industry and teach on the side. T- teaching is kind of more of like an equal or side project because they like teaching and growing the new generation of musicians. Uh, which I think is great, because you're not relying on someone who had the knowledge of the music industry and business of five, 10 years ago. And within a year or half a year, the business already changes in an instant. they so are always trying to keep on your toes and figuring these things out. And if you're being taught By someone who's teaching you stuff from back then, then you're kind of being taught useless stuff.
0: Yeah, it's like those, um, like college, some of the college music business courses. That's (laughs) what they're like, man. It's like, you know, industry advice from 10 years ago. Yeah, I I was actually,
1: (laughs) I was being taught at college um, of music business, of Bach and Mozart. And I have no idea how that even, like, relates nowadays. <laughs> but, yeah. hey, you never know, I guess.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. And what was something that you think could have been better about Icon? I'm not trying to, like,
1: throw anyone down, but I feel like a lot of the people were doing kind of the same thing. Like, all, a lot of the students, you're just kind of producing all the same kind of style, which right now it's, like, future base, which every producer's <laughs> making future base. So, yeah, I feel like there's just a lot of um, a lot of the same thing. And I wish (laughs) I wish they would kind of push like being your own artist a little bit more, which they do already do that. But I feel like people don't really like find themselves enough. Like they need to work on creating their own sound, their own style which maybe it'd be kind of cool if they had some projects of like, try like truly like making what you want, which is cool.
0: I think that's hard for people, man. Like to, <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, Cause there's this, there's this like, I'm not, you call it like an invisible script that people tell themselves Um, mm-hmm. that if they make music that is unique or not, doesn't fit the current trend it won't do well and in fact um they'll get criticized for it
1: yeah well and it's funny because now that we're kind of on this topic um, we talked about this at school quite a lot even though there's lots of people who struggle with it um, we talked about it and just how people naturally go to what's popular um, because the reason why people do stuff that's popular like when big big room was a huge thing and like now future base people do it because they already know there's a market for it. So they don't have to worry about creating a market. They know that it's popular and they're always guaranteed listens and plays and other fans which can be good but also bad because because you're following the trend you're never creating the trend because you're never creating the trend. You'll always be 10 steps behind and you'll never stand out. Um, so it's kind of deciding whether you always want to be following the trend or creating the trend. And I kind of realized that (laughs) I'm never happy following the trend because I never feel like I'm actually getting there and making an impact on music. And then once I decided uh, to kind of just do my own thing and do whatever I want to, make and whatever i feel like i'm gonna make um i felt like i was actually making an impact on music and actually getting a better response on my music which is so much more fulfilling than following something that was popular and just everyone was making
0: what motivates you to do all this to make music to go to icon i mean it's not cheap to go to icon um what what drives you what motivates you
1: the love for the craft like I couldn't ever see myself doing literally anything else. I remember back in high school, I lost my iPod, dude, and I was like, I lost it for a week and I was the saddest person because I couldn't listen to music. I yeah, music has just been such a part of my life and I feel like Music can really bring people together, um, especially through the storytelling, like I was talking about. I would um, like my music to be something that can help people in their in their downtimes in life and kind of inspire them to be who they want to be and kind of be a better version of themselves. And just I don't know I just want to help people. That's what I really want to do.
0: What? What's been the most challenging part of your journey so far as an artist? Um, I feel
1: like um, like anyone, like anyone else, deals with this. Um, comparing yourself to others—that's kind of the hardest thing. Is that I feel like I may be just speaking for myself, but I feel like a lot of producers, including myself, uh, there's a cycle. It's the producer cycle, as I call it. Um, of (laughs) you start and you're feeling awesome like you make a song and you're like holy crap this is gonna be it this is like that's gonna make me and like hit the top charts and you start listening throughout the week and you hear all your favorite tunes and your favorite songs and then you go back to your song and you're like this is awful Like I'm nowhere near these guys that are like on the top charts. Like, how am I ever gonna like make it to this point? Cause obviously like, I feel like I don't have as much talent as them. And, but the funny thing is, is that even though we compare ourselves, it's comparing ourselves to totally different styles and people who have been grinding at this for years and years and years, way more than us. And because we don't, know that in our heads we just kind of think of what's on the outside and uh, compare ourselves to what we see um, so the person that we're comparing ourselves could be hit be top number one iTunes number one but they've been doing this for 15 to 20 years and we've only been doing it for five seven years um, and that's the biggest thing that I feel that a lot of producers including myself do uh, quite often is just comparing ourselves to others that are a lot better. Um, And then you kind of get out of the comparing for a little bit, and then you get back to the top of the circle of the cycle, and you're happy again for a while. And then you compare yourself, and it just keeps going over and over again. And I think that's just kind of something that I've learned that uh, I've gotten a lot better at, is just not comparing yourself you're yourself you're your own person you're not anyone else
0: do you have anything uh like like how do you deal with that practically because i i faced the same thing when i was starting out um like first couple of years and what i did is i'd listen to my old music like whenever i felt like that and i'd be like oh i'm way better than i was six months ago even three months ago um and that helped a lot because it was like i'm you know i'm is anything you do like that, that helps? Yeah, I think like you just said, um,
1: seeing your progress, like hearing your progress from the beginning of when you started to right now, or even like, say like six months ago, like I'll go check back on some tracks and I'll be like, Hey, it actually wasn't that bad, but like, because I was in a bad time, I was thinking it was just straight trash. Like I thought it was awful.
0: If you compare yourself to producers who have been doing it for decades, that is so irrational and like, there's a similar thing that I see often where people will ask, um, what do I need to do to make professional music or make my music sound professional and they've been producing for six months and it's like there's no tactic, there's no technique, there's no like um, course you can take that'll take your music to that level straight away, it's impossible. Like it, it takes years of effort. And so like, enjoy the ride, like en- enjoy the craft, you know, focus on that and it will come.
1: Yeah. And I think that's great. Cause it's, it's really about the journey, not the destination. As cheesy as that sounds, <laughs> but it's really just learning everything. And, um, a lot of producers actually nowadays just don't even learn music theory. And I think music theory is like a huge thing. Um, to creating great chord progressions and actually like knowing the rules of music. Like there's there's not actually rules, but there's kind of like guidelines to kind of help you get started. And obviously once you know them, then I feel like you can break those rules and those guidelines and really just kind of like experiment and just go with it.
0: I want to talk about that for a moment because I, I think more people should learn music theory the biggest objection is that i find is that uh, people will say but what about artist x or artist y they don't know music theory and their music sounds amazing like what would you say to what would you say to those people
1: if you understand music theory you can create a chord progression and a melody in like two five to ten minutes depending on like how complicated it is like before I knew piano and music theory, I would just kind of mess around and kind of figure out and, until it sounded good, but now I can go sit out on the piano and just rip out a, a chord progression and melody in like five minutes. So it's really like, even though these guys are popular and big It's all about efficiency and being able to get these done in a timely manner, because obviously once you get big, you're going to have less and less time to work on these projects and the songs because labels will want songs like, I don't know, like you want two or three a month and you're trying to get these songs out in two to three days. And if you don't know these things and your efficiency level is like pretty low, it's going to take a while for you to get a song done.
0: I feel like within music theory, there's these cool little things that you learn, and you're like, "Oh, it's amazing!" Like the other day, I learned about negative harmony um, from a guy called Don't Don't uh, Poll me. I uh, don't <laughs> don't interview me on it because I have no idea what it is now. Um, but from a guy called Jacob Collier who does like the acapella stuff on YouTube. But um, is there any any cool little things you've learned, cool little tricks you've learned that you've applied to your music?
1: All right. So I I have one that's like the simplest like trick to like make a chord progression sound really dope. It's literally this is going to sound really lame because it's like so simple, but it's literally changing uh, one of your chords. So say your your chord progression is minor, minor, major, minor. Say you change one of the minor chords to out of the key. And just change it to minor it kind of gives it this cool I don't know ethereal kind of like progression Um, and it just kind of creates this like weird like awesome tension this dissonance that can just like attract the listener to like listen even more to your songs and I know it sounds so simple but when you put it in right context with the chord progression as long as it sounds good um, then it can sound really
0: awesome let's try that i think i've done it before by accident but yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey some things by accident turn into like the most awesome oh, things that ever <laughs> happy happy accidents that's why we make music um oh, <laughs> tell us about the new release that's coming out uh on june twelfth, which will be next week actually when this goes up um give us the details Crying out, crying out
1: so with this new song it's called uh calling out and so i actually kind of did a little write down on it but um it's just kind of about today's world today today's world is just struggling like i feel like we're having just like so many problems and it's kind of we just have these wars going on and those people who are in the brunt of getting hit by those wars, we don't actually understand what it's like to be in their shoes and their feelings, what they're dealing with. And because we're not actually being affected by these wars and these, all these things that they're dealing with, then we feel like it's not a big problem to us. So why do we care? Like, so why do we put ourselves out and spend our time doing these things when it's not affecting us. It's kind of like turning into like that that selfish mindset where we just because it doesn't affect us, we don't need to do anything about it. Um, so it's just kind of like the term "calling out" is them calling out for our help and trying to get our attention. And I don't know. I kind of just hope that this song just kind of brings a little attention to that. I'm really excited for this track. It's uh it's very different from anything that I've done. It cuz I'm usually in the dubstep realm, but this kind of goes into kind of more of like a a pop um indie electronic vibe. I don't really know what the genre is, but I guess it's kind of like a mix of future and dubstep, I guess. A future dub. <laughs> new genre right here um but i don't know there's just like something different about it and i'm really excited about um the story it tells and just like um i don't know i'm just overall like really excited i think this is one of my best tracks so far
0: this is this is a hard question like a lot of people don't know how to answer this but maybe you do what are some underrated production techniques that you use? In tracks, we don't really use
1: silence and breath to our, um, to our advantage. And having stuff going on literally all the time throughout the track can be so tiring to our brains. And because our songs nowadays are so complex, our mind can really only focus on about four to five things at a time. So if we're having like <laughs> 20 different percussions and like these pads and these leads and these violins and these basses going all on at the same time, it's very overwhelming. And so if we just kind of let the track breathe to where it can just kind of crash out, give it a few seconds and then like just have like vocals come in and it's like a really soft pad, like that breath just like rejuvenates your ears and your brain to kind of get ready for what's coming up next. Um, and then also let's see. Um, I feel like compression is another big problem is that over compression is a huge thing nowadays. Yes. Yeah. And because the loudest wars are, well in uh prime in time right now (laughs) (laughs) um people are trying to compress these things um to where they can just get their tracks way way louder than they should be and just because it's loud doesn't mean it punches more or it um it's more enjoyable because it's actually quite the opposite the more you punch in the more you uh compress it and push it the less dynamics you're going to have so the less punch you're going to have from your drums and everything else everything's going to kind of come to an average level and your the ear fatigue is just like ridiculous like you listen yeah i feel like i can barely listen to songs like throughout the whole song yeah yeah the ear fatigue is just ridiculous so what i've done is honestly i don't (laughs) i don't compress my drums i don't compress any snares or pads or anything. I actually the only thing that I compress is vocals to be quite honest. Um I never really actually thought about that, but that's really all I compress. It, I guess it really all depends on your mixing. If you're good at mixing your levels and you automate your levels right, then honestly, you're fine. Um so I'm able to get my drums to punch nice and clear and have my songs pretty clean with their mixes. And then with my mastering, I don't try and push them past the point of no return. I kind of just uh, still leave a little breath in like the mix. So it doesn't totally fatigue your ears and you can, you can listen to my tracks over and over again without getting that crazy ear fatigue. I like that, yeah. I feel like people um, don't take advantage of layering as much um they kind of just grab their um their pad or their bass lead from cymatics presets and then <laughs> they kind of just let it sit there uh, but obviously that's not really unique that's just kind of yeah i've heard that sound like a thousand times <laughs> um for my drops like <laughs> you'd be surprised i layer like crazy for my song. Don't let me go like it sounds huge. The drop is like crazy, like full. And I know a lot of people are like, that's too complex. Like, take that down. Like, (laughs) you don't need to have so many layers but i layer about five or six different uh chordal synths um with some white noise in the background to kind of fill it up a little bit more and then just for the leads i have about three layers for that and then for my bases i have a sub and then um then i'll have like a top base on that one And then if I feel like it's not like uh, the right sound for the bass, maybe I'll add on like a third layer to the bass. Of course, I like cut out like the lows on the on the top layers. But in all, I usually have about like 10 to 13 layers for my drops. Wow. wow. Also, like another tip that like I actually didn't know about or realize until I got it uh, from one of my friends who does a lot of uh, vocal work and he's crazy talented um, his name's slow shiver and like his stuff it's crazy um, um, he kind of actually has like a David Bowie kind of like vibe to me yeah it's really dope but his vocals are like so clean and like clear and full and he he told me about his uh, his sense trick um, so instead of just having um, a reverb and delay send like separate where you send just like maybe twenty five percent of this uh of the vocal to the reverb or delay you send a hundred percent to both of them and then you automate the send volume from there because the reverb will actually act different.
0: Of course um, yeah
1: so it actually acts a lot different than um as if you would if you're sending it like 25% to 100%. So if you have it uh, sent to 100%, it's like the full sound and then you can just automate the volume and like it just like makes it sound so much better. <laughs> oh, it's That's a good one right there. That's my favorite. For sure, that's a good one.
0: So I suppose this is kind of similar, but maybe we can go beyond production to, you know, marketing and promotion and more general stuff. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see newer producers making?
1: Not being themselves, (laughs) trying to be someone else that they think they are trying to be this alter ego that they want people to think that they are like, everything's perfect in their life. And like people want to know the real you, they don't, (laughs) they don't want this like, um, this glitter covered artist that they don't know who they are. Um, like just someone who's true and authentic. I think authenticity is just something that's missing nowadays and I feel like whenever people see authenticity they just kind of they really just like grab onto it and just um take hold of that. And so I think that's just something that's kind of missing with a lot of new producers nowadays is that all they want is to show um pictures of themselves in the studio and them Playing shows, um, but it's kind of talking about like um, just being yourself and talking to your fans with who you are and just um, engaging with them. Yes, and um, yeah, I think that's kind of really what I see uh, mainly as like a big
0: mistake. Hundred percent. It it reminds me of something. Have you heard of an artist called Tidy? Australian guy. T-Y-D-I. He posted, it must have been years ago, but he posted like this status on his Facebook page. Um, And it was a little bit like, he basically said, you know, yeah, like I'm sitting at a hotel, like I've got room service, there's a nice pool. Um, But it is so lonely to be doing this like touring and like a lot of the comments were like you're so privileged man like how can you complain which i get like i understand but at the same time it was like yeah he was he's been real about it you know because i don't think anyone talks about that and actually headhunters did the same thing in like a vlog um he talked about how he just had a mental breakdown on on tour and i was like that's that's cool needs to be talked about more
1: It's funny that you say that because people don't realize like I'm not on tour, obviously, but like I know what it's like of like the tour life. It's not as glamorous as everyone thinks it is like it's because everyone thinks that it's so glamorous because these are these artists like portray it as this something that's like so spectacular and like amazing, but it's actually like lonely. Like you said, it's you're sleeping maybe like four hours a night or not sleeping at all for like three days straight you're working constantly and you're traveling constantly which really takes a toll on your body and your mental health and so that's why you see all these these huge musicians like Justin Bieber and such like they act out and they like kind of freak out like the Britney Spears when she shaved her head like you can't like be a normal person after all these years of touring and just pushing your mental health and your body health, like way past it's like breaking point. And so people kind of just like, don't realize that. And they think that these people are crazy. Like, Oh, you're not thankful. Wow. You're so ungrateful. You're like, you have no idea what it's like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm really glad you said that. Cause I think there is that, maybe it's over glamorizing i think a lot of people are aiming at this goal of touring and they haven't even thought about the consequences you know it's like it is not the only way to succeed in music to be playing in like 200 shows yeah it's not the only way like if you really care about making music and you're not too concerned about touring then like perhaps um get into pop production or like um d I i say it ghost ghost producing or something like that you know
1: Yeah, even like
0: even if you don't do tours, you can just do
1: like festivals and such to where you're not on the road all the time You're just doing
0: festivals or shows every once in a while. It doesn't have to be like every night Do you encounter? Creative block or writer's block and if so, what do you do to get past it? That's always a fun thing to deal with (laughs) Um, (laughs) Not at
1: all Um, so yeah, I I'm always constantly dealing with writer's block, and like writing music I'll kind of feel like I'm running out of ideas sometimes and or writing lyrics like I'll write like halfway of a song, and I'll be like, I have no ideas left <laughs> like I can't think of anything and I think because um I try and um like push myself into like these situations to to work when I'm not ready to work it creates that writer's block and so what I try and do whenever I'm feeling that and whenever I'm feeling a little uh, sick of being inside all the time um, I always like going and like going to the beach and enjoying nature and just being outside and just having inspiration talking with friends hanging out meeting people and just having a good time that i feel like that kind of releases that wall that's inside your brain to kind of let you get to this new point that you didn't have a few hours ago like honestly i feel like a lot of people try and push themselves into making a song and be like i'm gonna spend this amount of time in the studio and i'm gonna work for six hours every day for a week straight for me i don't know about how everyone else does it but that doesn't work for me
0: and i don't know if everyone's just trying to seem like it works for them i think it does it does work for some people like like i'm like that i need to just push through yeah um, yeah that yeah that doesn't work for me Mm -hmm. i wish it
1: kind of (laughs) did but no that doesn't work for me at all so i gotta have my time where I'm feeling like I want to make music and so I really do that when I'm feeling it and when I'm not I don't push myself I just relax have a good time um do other stuff like instead of music because if you're just doing music where's your inspiration going to come from you're going to run you're going to run of a run out of uh inspirations in life if you're just in your room all day uh, Bedroom see
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's like this. Um, oh, is a quote. I forgot how it goes, but the gist of it is is talking about like writing, like books and so on. And it's like you know, you know the best authors live before they like write. You know, because mm-hmm. how can you write about something if you haven't had any experiences? Yeah, and if you're not like you look at someone like um, Jack London, who was famous American. Um, fiction author but I read his biography and he lived a crazy life dude like this is insane (laughs) stuff and of course he had like like banks of just things he could write about ideas and so on because he just had such a crazy life Um, cool well one more question okay what does your schedule look like um, for making music do you have like strictly defined hours do you strive to put in a certain amount of time every day Um, or is it just whatever goes?
1: Yeah. Uh, as I was saying, it's just kind of whenever I'm feeling it. So kind of whatever goes, but there are times when you actually like have to like get stuff done. Like if you're releasing with the label or, um, uh, you're producing a track, um, for someone or they have deadlines and you have deadlines. You obviously have to get stuff done in a timely manner. And I'm, for sure about like getting stuff done like rightly on time um so if i ever have a deadline i always make sure i get it off my shoulders and get it done um but if it's just kind of like coming down to my my own stuff um i kind of just write music when i'm really feeling it um but as like as releases come that's when i like I get into like my business mode and I have to kind of switch from like my freelance hippie life into, <laughs> <laughs> into like my business mind where I'm networking and I'm contacting these bloggers and these writers and all these people. And so two weeks before a release. So actually I'm, I'm basically getting ready to do that now is I have my list of, Um, all these contacts that I write emails to and contact these people and I'm reaching out. And so I'm doing that for like a week, two weeks straight, getting ready for this release, trying to get as much promo as possible. And that's when I like really sit down every day and just like push it out. Cause I don't really need anything creative with that. That's just like something that I I can write about real quick and just send out, um, uh, descriptions on the songs and like whatever it needs to be done
0: Gotcha, fantastic Well Nolan, thanks heaps for coming on the show Really appreciate your time If people want to learn more about you and your music where can they find you?
1: Um, they can find me on SoundCloud at AmityOfficial, Official um, Facebook Amity Official as well or Instagram Amity Official <laughs> Thank you for having me man I really appreciate it I had a great time